Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedekin. How's it going? Good. We're back. Yeah. We're back in town. <laughs> so let's just start the show because we do have a lot to talk about. This week, uh, there was a big true crime story about making a murderer, oh. Stephen Avery. And I assume most of our listeners have probably watched that docu-series on Netflix. Right. I mean, it's like one of the most popular true crime docu-series of the recent past, I would yeah. say. Like it had such a major crossover appeal. Even people who aren't into true crime watched it. Right. It was um, definitely a popular culture moment. It was like the, it was like serial level yeah. sort of popularity. Um, so this week, uh, obviously, Stephen Avery, he was convicted of murdering Teresa Halbach in 2000, like the 2005 murder of Teresa Halbach. And the docuseries on Netflix was all about like kind of questioning if he was really guilty or innocent. They really leaned heavily that he was an innocent man being unfairly targeted by the police in Wisconsin. And I obviously were pretty critical of the police on this show, I would say, but um, and I don't doubt that there is wasn't police corruption in this case because it's pretty clear that there was. Right. But my opinions about whether or not he's guilty, I think, have changed. I think I lean more towards the guilty camp today. Now? Yeah. Anyway, this week, a man, a convicted murderer named Joseph Evans Jr., confessed in a written letter to Stephen Avery's attorney, Kathleen Zellner, that he killed Teresa Halbach in 2005. Now, Joseph first confessed on the upcoming docuseries called Convicting a Murderer. Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with Stephen Avery's case or not, but... Are they just using the title to kind of... To be like... Jump on that bandwagon? Yeah. <laughs> if you liked making a murderer, yeah. you'll love convicting a murderer. Now, Joseph is currently serving life in prison for murdering his wife back in 2008. At his trial, he claimed it was accidental, that she scared him and he shot her. The wife had previously taken out several restraining orders on him. They did not have a good marriage. And in his confession letter, Joseph states that he's seeking the $100,000 reward for info leading to the arrest of Teresa's real murderer. So he is trying to get the reward for confessing? Yes. Oh. Which I feel like is an interesting choice. That doesn't seem fair. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel like, well, fair's fair. Yeah. He confessed. I don't feel like it. Because anyone could do that. Yeah. If they're already in prison. Right. Right. I mean. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. This is a quote, uh, by the way, this story, um, I read this at a Newsweek, and this is a quote that uh, from Joseph. He said at the end of his letter, he he said, keep your panties on and shirt down because I'm not out to screw you. Then he said, the, this is a deal relationship between you slash me. You'll win when I give give all up and the full cover up story, um, which apparently that's referring to like the allegations that the state covered up like his involvement. Yeah. Yeah, His involvement in it. Now, Kathleen Zellner, you remember her, right? She was the eccentric attorney who was heavily featured in the making a murderer part two. Uh, She thinks this is all a publicity stunt. Like she doesn't buy it. Right. Uh, Um, So I guess that's assuming she thinks someone else did this murder, Mm -hmm. but it's not him. Now, previously in 2017, this guy had also alleged that Stephen Avery confessed to him that he had killed Teresa. So it doesn't sound like this guy's too credible. No, not at all. But yeah, that was some pretty big breaking. I actually saw the headline and didn't realize exactly what it was. But for some reason, I was kind of like, ah. 
I think I got a little burnt out on that whole case. Yeah. So it wasn't like a thrill when I saw the headline for some reason. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like it went anywhere. There was sort of right. just like half of a day of like I guess stories. I, thought, I guess I sort of instinctively was like, if it was really something, it would be like all over right, the place. Exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's pre- like periodically things about Stephen Avery kind of pop up, but they don't really go anywhere. Is he still in prison? Yeah. Okay. He's like still in prison. I think the thing with him is... He seems like such a bad guy. Well, he... (laughs) Like, just like an awful... I'm just kind of like, eh, like... Well, the thing that they left... The major thing for me that they left out of the Netflix docuseries was that this guy allegedly had a history of harassing Teresa Halbach and making her really uncomfortable. Yeah. And that he had personally requested her to come to his junkyard. Mm -hmm. So that was something that I feel like is a big... Right, it was more than just this single incident. Right, like they had had a history together and she had been, she had stated previously like to her employers, like I don't like this guy, he creeps me out. Also, two things can be true, that the police were corrupt and covering things up and he's guilty. And that's kind of what I believe. Yeah. Like I don't doubt that this police, these policemen were, the whole like unit was guilt, was like corrupt. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, now... This is a particularly crazy story that just broke this week also, and that is the real-life horror story about this family adopting a girl, oh, a little girl, a Ukrainian girl. Uh, this is out of this broke out of like the Daily Mail. Yeah. So that was where I got this information from for this. In 2010, Christine and Michael Barnett adopted a little Ukrainian girl in Florida. This girl was a six-year-old named Natalia. Now, the Barnetts had been foster parents, and they had also run a daycare out of their home in Indiana. And Christine Barnett had also written like a parenting book before. She was... Okay. Yeah. Now, Natalia, the child was said to have dwarfism as well as a bone disorder. She did she did have dwarfism as well as a bone disorder. And the Barnetts gave Natalia a loving home. They took her to Disney World. They bought her presents. And she really got along with the Barnetts' other children. But something was strange with Natalia. <laughs> she was alleged to have trouble walking because of her condition, but the Barnetts were startled when they saw her running on the beach and playing as if she didn't have a condition that made it difficult for her to walk. But it wasn't until Michael Barnett gave the girl a bath where he became really concerned. Natalia had pubic hair <laughs> and like not like a few sparse hairs. She right. had like a full grown ass woman's bush. Oh boy. I mean, that is alarming. Yeah. Now Natalia also didn't want to play with dolls and other age appropriate toys. So that was something that they thought was weird. Like yeah. she didn't want to play with any toys. It wasn't just dolls, I guess. She also lacked any kind of Ukrainian accent, nor could she speak the language, which I don't think that says anything. She was like two or I think she was like three when she came to the States, right. when she allegedly came to the States. Now, Christine found bloody clothing in the trash, which made her believe that Natalia had been getting her period. Natalia was then taken to a doctor for bone density tests, which revealed that she was at least 14 years old, probably older. It was after these questions about her real age that Natalia, like after everyone started kind of questioning and her parents were like taking her to the doctor and things were getting suspicious, that Natalia started engaging in some pretty scary behavior. 
The Barnett's caught Natalia attempting to attack a baby on a baby monitor, and she was also making death threats as well as smearing bodily fluids on the walls. Did not specify which bodily <laughs> fluids. I guess poop. Was that a fluid? I guess not. <laughs> I was thinking maybe period blood. Yeah, maybe that's I, it. I don't know. Because bodily fluids, you would just say urine, It's right? got to be something you can smear, though. And she's not a guy, so it wouldn't become. You can't smear. <laughs> I'm a scientist. You can't smear pee. No, but you it could. It must be blood. It must be period blood. Yeah. Because that would also be kind of like, sort of like, yeah, I am 14. Like, I, you know, I'm a woman or whatever. I have my period. It sort of fits with her. We're getting down to the bottom of this right now. Yeah. that The, the only smearable thing in this case that could have been plausible is the period blood. Yeah, because you would say feces. Right. Or urine. Right. Bodily fluids. Why couldn't they just say it? Period blood? article? I don't know. Okay. What is it? Newsweek? No, no Daily, it's Mail. Daily Mail. Oh, yeah, because the Daily Mail's sort of disgusting. <laughs> They're not like yeah, a prudish. That's new- what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, don't uh-huh. be scientific. That's my here. guess. Just say what it was. So, this, these are some quotes from the Daily Mail article. These are quotes from the Barnetts. They say that Natalia, she was standing over people in the middle of the night. You couldn't go to sleep. We had to hide all the sharp objects. Did she start doing this after she was kind of found out? After she was taken to the doctor and there was sort of this suspicion. Suspicion. That's when she starts acting out. She wasn't doing this before. No. Yeah. Uh, Another quote is I saw her putting chemicals, bleach, Windex, something like that in my coffee. And I asked her, What are you doing? And she said, I'm trying to poison you. (laughs) She also. Duh. Duh. That is such a weird fucking answer like if you're really trying to kill someone why would you tell them that right so she also says that she was jumping out of moving cars she was smearing blood on mirrors okay so it was blood she was doing things that you could never imagine a little child doing at the time i ran a little school and i remember she said to me these children are exhausting i don't know how you do it which i thought was hilarious because you know the mom goes on to say like that's not how a six-year-old talks a six-year-old doesn't commiserate with yeah, the, the adult about children being exhausting. I'm really confused as to how they were full <laughs> Well, she does look like a six-year-old. She does. Okay, I don't think yes, I saw her. She looks like she has. She does have dwarfism, and she has. But isn't the voice and like the language? Do you know what I mean? Like, well, they were. They did think it was weird, but yeah. they didn't think that. I mean, this is like such a bizarre circumstance. Right. I think I don't think that's the first thing they jumped to, right. the conclusion. And they were so dead set on helping this little girl. Yeah, they were just ignoring things. Right. Until they were like their lives were being put in danger. And I guess the big bush was like, okay, we should probably look into this. <laughs> suspicious. The suspicious this bush. This isn't from drinking too much hormone milk. <laughs> like- yeah. This is like you have a full on bush. So Natalia also tried to push Christine into an electric fence. Wow. I mean, this is really like horror movie movie villain. Wait, where did they adopt her from? They adopted her in Florida and they live in Indiana. Like they're but from an adoption agency or just from a person? A uh, legit place or just like some woman? I like, honestly don't remember, but I don't but these people had fostered children right. before, so I don't think it was I'm like, just wondering if she fooled an agency too or what the deal was. I think she's been fooling people yeah. for a while. I think that's kind of her deal. Now Natalia was taken to a psychiatric center for treatment in 2012, where she confessed to her real age at that point. 
And later that year, the Barnetts rented an apartment for Natalia and paid her rent there. Now, they, they rented were, an apartment for her? Yeah, because they're like, you have to leave. How old was she? She was in her 20s. Oh, so she wasn't 14. No, she's she, a grown woman. So then they, they rented an apartment for her. I'm sorry. They rented an apartment for her because they're like, you're our child. Oh, God. We love you, but you can't live with us right. because you're 25 years old. Was she, her birthday was, uh, her birthday is 1989. Right. So this is 2012. Yeah. Okay. So she was 22 years old at that point. They said that they rented her the apartment and they were like, we love you, but you can't live with us because you're threatening to kill us. Right. So they rented her this apartment they also had her official documents corrected to reflect her true age, which was, like mm-hmm. I said before, in her 20s. Natalia was under the care of a doctor while she was living in this apartment, and the Barnetts ended up moving to Canada, and they also got divorced at some point. But the Barnetts stopped hearing from Natalia, which made them worried that she had gone off her meds. But then the police got involved when Natalia claimed that she was a young child who had been abandoned by her parents and forced to fend for herself. This this is why this is a true crime story. Well, I think that was the initial headline I saw, child abandoned and parents go to Canada or something like that. Right. Yeah. And the parents are meanwhile like, we're not abusers. Like our child tried to kill us and she's also 26 years old. So she's um, she's like 30 at this point. Right. Now... Like right now she is, but so the police get involved and this earlier this month, Christine and Michael Barnett were arrested and charged with two counts of felony abandonment and they're trying to clear all this up yeah. to prove like, like they're both out on bail right now, but they're like she has Bush, <laughs> she's not a child. pull the pants down and you'll see we're not lying. Oh my God. That's all they have to do. Fuck the official documents. Right. So. Yeah, so this is a pretty wild story. I'll update you on it just because I think it's so fascinating. I mean, I want to know more about like this woman, what her deal is, yeah, what her scam. That's what I'm curious about. Like, yeah, because in 2016, Natalia also was like in the process in the early stages of being adopted by another family. Now, I didn't get any more details on that. Yeah, but there was another family that wanted to adopt her. I don't know how they met her. Right. Um, Anyway, Natalia is missing right now. Okay. We don't know where she is. So she's out there getting adopted again, probably. She's probably adopted again. She probably changed her name. That's so weird. It reminds me of that Kurum story. It's uh, just like that story. Yeah. Oh, the orphan story. And it's just yeah. like orphan. Well, yeah. Right. Okay. Now, here is a celebrity story that, of course, people were sending to us. I'm sorry to report that Dustin Diamond a.k.a. Screech, is trying to fight the Bagel Boss guy. Right. In Atlantic City, because Lenny Dykstra won't fight him. Why? Did you find out why? That Why Lenny Dykstra won't fight him? Yeah. He just abruptly backed out. So now they're getting Dustin Diamond? Now they're getting Screech. I don't even know if that's an upgrade or a downgrade. <laughs> I'm going to say downgrade, just because Lenny Dykstra is at least hilariously awful and Dustin Diamond's kind of boring. Yeah, he's like boringly awful. Also, you kind of feel like the bagel boss can take him. You kind of do. Like, I feel like the bagel boss will win, but Lenny Dykstra, I feel like would have won for sure. Yeah, Lenny Dykstra is like big, but he also has this untapped rage. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's there. a lot going on with him. Uh, yeah, I don't feel like this is like as exciting. I right. like the whole trajectory with Lenny. 
sort of supporting him. And then fighting <laughs> And then putting him. together the fight. Right. So obviously Diamond has, he's done celebrity boxing before right. because of course he did. Oh, he did. Okay. Uh, he, he says here in this page six article that he fought uh, this guy from Welcome Back, Cotter. Horshack? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's a weird combination because they kind of look alike. Yeah. They have like a similar, they would have been on the same call sheet, like right. casting call sheet, like right. if they were of the same age. Right, right. Um, that's really weird. And to be honest, Bagel Boss is not a story anymore. This fight should have happened um, two months ago or whatever. I like, hate that he's still in the news, but I had to report it. No, I think it's good to report it, but this fight is over. They should have, he needed to do it like a week after his story broke. Right. No one cares anymore. I just hate that he thinks he's famous now. Yeah, no one cares anymore. Right. So. I mean, I want this guy to get his ass kicked. Yeah, yeah. But I just feel like the time has passed for him to monopolize. I don't want him to do it for money. I want him to just get his ass kicked. Right. I'm just saying he's an idiot. Yeah, because he sucks. this should have been done already. I feel like this is even beneath Screech, which yeah. is saying a lot. Yeah, it's the whole thing's awful. Okay, and our last news story comes out of the UK. I have to uh, do this for our UK followers, uh, or sorry, our UK listeners. We have a lot of listeners in the UK, and I love all of them. Um, this uh, is particularly hilarious to me. A man was uh, he was arre- This guy was arrested, and he farted on the cop. Oh. This is a, this story like just happened this week. Now I'm gonna read the article because of course there's a lot of stupid fucking wordplay in okay. this article, and I feel like we should hear. I it. I was already thinking breaking wind. Look, that's of in there. That, <laughs> breaking wind, everybody. This story is out of Metro UK. The author of this story is Richard Hartley Parkinson, and this is from Monday, September 23rd. A man has been given a community sentence after farting in the general direction of police during a strip search. I think that's a Monty Python reference. Yes. It okay. Is. Don't at me. Yeah. Straight straight men. A judge let rip that st- <laughs> Okay. <laughs> a judge let rip that Stuart Cook, 28, appeared in court for drug offenses when he was stopped by police. Officers got wind that something was amiss when they saw him at the side of the road following a crash at Langstrack in Aberdeen. As they approached, their nostrils were filled with a strong whiff of cannabis, so they took him into custody. Feeling that they had been dealt a bum deal, Cook became, Mm. or feeling that he had been dealt a bum deal, Cook became irate as he was handcuffed and started shouting at police. He continued to vent on his way to Kitty Brewster Police Station. I'm sorry, British people, you have like the most hilarious... (laughs) Name stuff. <laughs> that is an amazing name, police station. Yeah. So he continued to vent on his way to K- Kitty Brewster Police Station, screaming expletives and, quote, puffing out his chest towards officers. At the station, he was strip searched and asked to bend over. That's when he deliberately broke wind, saying to officers, How do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end the story there because I just wanted, that's like the punchline. How do you like that? How do you like that? I mean, it's possible he just farted and then said, how do you like that? Like, I don't, like, I don't know that he necessarily did it on purpose. <laughs> you, think right? it, you think it was more like a, how do you like that? Yeah. How do you like that? Like right when you're strip searching me, I farted. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. I think if I, someone's about to like 
whatever, do a cavity search? Is that what they were doing? Yeah, or they were just doing a strip search. He had to bend over. Yeah, so if you're bending over, it might have just squeezed out. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think that he could feel it brewing for like... He was holding it in. He was holding it in. Like, they arrested him. He's like, I got a good one brewing. He got booked, and they're like, all right, we're going to strip search you. He bends over. Because you'd have to hold it in to be able to squeeze it out. And he knows it's going to be a good one. I mean, that's a guy thing. I don't think I can fart on command. But I feel like guys can because that's how they torture you. They're fucking disgusting. Yeah. So that's funny. Isn't that a great story though? Yeah. How do you like that? Beauty should be good for you. And that's why we're excited to tell you about Beauty Counter. Beauty Counter is a clean makeup and skincare brand that started in 2013, disrupting the beauty industry by shedding a light on the need for stronger ingredient regulations in the personal care products that we use daily. Today, Beauty Counter is the leading clean beauty brand creating innovative and high-performing products that are safer and cleaner than even their like-minded competitors. So what do we mean by clean? Over 1,800 questionable ingredients are never used in Beauty Counter's formulations. They call this their never list. You can learn more at beautycounter.com, where you're also going to want to check out their incredible products. Best of all, if you're a new customer and you order through March 15th, you'll get free shipping on your order of $100 or more when you use the code HOLLYWOOD. Once again, to get free shipping on your order of $100 or more, go to beautycounter.com and use the code HOLLYWOOD. As most of us have found out the hard way, getting into debt is easy, getting out of it is hard, especially if your credit score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. I know firsthand that there's nothing more frustrating than trying to pay something down and your payments are pretty much just paying off the interest. Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They believe in you. The best part? Once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. So free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is top-ranked in their category with a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash Hollywood to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash Hollywood. Okay, uh, that's all the news this week. Desi, do you have any movie TV podcast recommendations? No. Um... I think I listened to most of the ones I recommended last time, so I don't think I listened to any new ones, but yeah, I don't really have anything. I got nothing. We were busy. Yeah. We were like every single day. Our days were full. We were doing shit. Right. We were busy. We were in New York. That episode will be uploaded hopefully soon. We just have to get the files. Right. So that's a delay. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, But it'll be uploaded. Um, I don't have anything to recommend. I was busy this week. I didn't watch anything except for the news and 90 Day Fiance. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even watch that. Yeah. I watched the news and Succession. Oh, (laughs) Oh, because you brought your laptop. Yeah. So I did watch that, but I literally fell asleep. We were exhausted. I was exhausted. Do we want to talk about food? We said we would talk about the food. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we have to. We have to talk about what we ate. I just want to say that I walked 25 miles 
you, over three days oh. when I was there. Uh, and that's why I was like crashing every night. <laughs> the minute I lied down, I would try to watch Succession. It took me like three times uh, to get through it. Right. So I was just falling asleep. Um, but yeah, the food. Okay, where do we begin? Let's start with our first meal that we had. Well, we got into New York at 5 a.m. We didn't check into the hotel till 6 a.m. Luckily, my room was open. Right. My room was ready. Desi's wasn't. But we just fucking crashed immediately yes. for several hours. Then what did we do? We got up. I worked all day Monday. Monday, we didn't do anything except for- I did things. Desi did things on Monday. I worked the whole time in the hotel room that day. And then we went to Lil Frankie's that night. Right. And we had some amazing pasta. Um, I was thinking about Little Frankie's actually since then. I would say it was like not as good as I wanted it to be. Like I think it's fine, but I wouldn't know if I'd want to go back again. Really? Yeah. I love like, it. Like I liked it was fine. It was good. And I was obviously starving. Uh, and I liked the red sauce pasta, which was the one I was so full by the time we kind of got to it. I thought I was going to eat more of it. We ordered two different large pasta dishes, even though we weren't like, we, we said we were starving. I was starving when we ordered the second one, and then I immediately filled up after one bite. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. I mean, the pastas were good. I definitely liked the second one with the red sauce was good for sure. And then we had the famed banana split. I took had, I had to get the banana split so Desi could have it. And um, wouldn't you know it, for some reason, this particular night, they kind of no pun intended, fudged the split. Yeah. The ice cream was not as good as before. It was still homemade, but I think something must have been wrong with their freezer because the ice cream was a little icy. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't say it at the time, but like I was pretty fucking devastated (laughs) that that banana split wasn't as incredible as like the other times I've had it. Right. I think the meal we had the following day, like that whole day of eating was so spectacular. That was so superior to me. It was so spectacular that like nothing else can really ever compare to that. Right. Because I didn't like our last meal either. I liked aspects of it. I thought it, I mean, but I also just feel like the meal we had, okay, let's just talk about like our, the best eating day of our life. Right. That was when? Tuesday. So we did our show. So we did a live show at Adweek for our podcast company, Acast, and that was really fun. We were on the Upper West Side, I guess kind of by Lincoln Center. Yeah. So I had seen... When I like initially went to New York, I like was like, what are the best restaurants to eat at? And I had seen this thing, and I know Rachel and I both like lobster roll, but I didn't know where we would find those restaurants or whatever. So when I did a search for what was near us, it happened to be one of those lobster roll places. And so we had to walk like 12 blocks. It was like a pretty far walk when you're starving. Yeah. Uh, and we went, and it was amazing. Definitely worth the walk. A great lobster roll. Um, I mean, it was one of the best lobster rolls I think I've ever had in my right. life. And this isn't like a dish I have often, obviously, because it's expensive and where you can't just you can't get, get it anywhere. One, yeah, it was good. It was so good. It was perfect lobster. There wasn't like any bad bits. You no. know, sometimes there's like a funky piece or something. It was all perfect. It was just. It was p- called Luke's. It was so, so yeah. fucking good. It's on 80th in Amsterdam. Highly recommend. Like it's I a can, butter style. Uh, the bread was perfect. It was great. I can still taste it if yeah. I like. I want another one. I do too. I want yeah. one right now. I would eat like a quart of just the lobster. It was so good. That lobster meat was spectacular. Yeah. It was delicious. Um, and then that night for dinner, I think we went through like a few options and they weren't working out or the recommendations didn't appeal to us. 
we were we had to go to a party for the podcast company that we were there with. And what was around there was a restaurant called Balthazar, which I had always wanted to try and never have. It's been around for a while. So I was kind of like, is it still good? Like, Because it was pretty popping back in the day. Yeah. So it's been around for whatever, I don't know, 10 years. So I was kind of like, eh, like, does it, did it lose its shine? Has it just become like a tourist spot or whatever? Uh, no, it's really fucking good. <laughs> like it was so good. I loved every bite. I ate literally every bite. The plates were clean. We ate every single bite. Yeah. We really did join the clean it was plate so club. Good. Every single thing that we ate at that restaurant. The first thing we started with, we started with a salad, and I insisted on getting a salad. Desi was kind of traumatized from salads <laughs> at that point because we had such a mediocre salad the night before. But I saw the. But I just knew we got to yeah. get the salad. I think what sold me was when I saw that it had other things in it other than lettuce. Right. So I was like, okay, then it's probably going to be good. It had a... Asparagus, radishes. It had a chunk of ricotta salada on it. Yeah. And then it had this vinaigrette that was infused with truffle. And I'm not like a big... And it wasn't like truffle oil. I think there it was actually like truffle infused. Because I didn't really taste it, but the vinaigrette was really good. It wasn't like overwhelming. It It just made the vinaigrette taste fucking delicious. It was good. And then we had dinner, we had our entrees. I had scallops and they were incredible. I got steak frites because I always have to. If they have steak frites, I have to get it. It's and I'm, so good. I'm I'm not like a big steak person. I don't really like like steak. I never order it. Like I like like beef, like cheeseburgers and shit, but like right. I don't I never order the steak. But I tasted that steak and I was like, wow, I could have gotten that and been <laughs> so happy. It was really good. Yeah. And then we got dessert. So we got like a, a peach tart that had almond ice cream on it and like candied almonds sprinkled. It was really good. It was amazing. And then we got this caramelized banana tart that had brulee bananas on top of it. Yeah. I think it like, was like ricotta. It was a ricotta banana tart. And that really also good. had ice cream on the side of it. Right. I think it was just like vanilla. We're not even describing this well <laughs> because like you don't, you have to understand like the level of like ecstasy that we were in. Right. It was so this. good. It was really good. We were like moaning and mm-hmm. I like the two women who were sitting next to us probably thought we were insane because like <laughs> th- we were we were also like we had just finished our meal and we were like I fucking what they had ordered. Like I could have like gone to f- gone a few more rounds even though it was full. Yeah, I would have loved to have sh- we were saying like next time we should try the seafood bar they had or just burger. maybe get some appetizers or something for I mean, sure. Everything was good and these women didn't even finish their french fries. We were looking at them oh, Right, that they was, like split a burger, right? Oh yeah, yeah. they fucking split a burger. That was really offensive yeah. to me too. Just and fucking, then they didn't finish their fries. Yeah, insane. The fries were great, and I don't mean like they didn't lick the plate clean with the fries. Like they ate. It was like a pile of fries still there, and I was like really tempted to just like, grab. I literally a handful. ate every fry. <laughs> I, I ate every single fucking me thing too. on my plate. Me too. It was great. It was very good. So then. We had breakfast at Russ and Daughters. Oh, yeah. So that was good. Yeah. That was, I mean, that's like really like the best lox and bagel. It's so fucking good. The lox good. is great. The lox is perfect. It's like, perfect. I'm very picky about lox because yeah. it's like most of them are too fishy for me. Right. Or too smoky. Like, I don't like overly smoked things. So it has to just be like a subtle hint of smoked. So this I thought was good. Yeah. Russ and Daughters is a, institution in New York. I don't know how long their cafe has been open, but the deli is a famous Jewish deli and it's been open for over a hundred years right. in New York. So we I went, think that 
the restaurant's only been open like since 2012 or something. Yeah. It's, it's newer, much newer. But it's all decorated very like 50s. Yeah. The decor cute. in it is very cute. So fucking cute. And we had lox and bagel and it was perfect. Yeah. It was good. Um, and also the noodle kugel was really good too. Oh, right. I had yeah, that. That was really good. I had a bite. And then what else did we eat? Momofuku. We went to the Momofuku noodle bar. So not the real rest, like the the big restaurant. Yeah. Honestly, like part of part of it, I did like my food. I just was like not. I think I was full. Like I think I was <laughs> I full I, too. Like, I wasn't like in the mood to eat for some reason. It was weird. I think I was just exhausted by that point. Yeah, me too. I had fallen before I went there. So stupid. I like slipped off the last steps. So I was just like in misery. So I just feel like I was not in the mood to be there. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like I would have been like, let's order in and stay home. Like I was just over it. I think at that point, cause we had done so much I think we in were, such a short period. Right. But I do think I, yeah, I think for me, like I was just tired. So I, uh, for some reason, like none of the food sounded good to me at that, at that time. Right. So I wasn't just like jazzed about it. Plus like, I feel like that meal at Balthazar, like nothing was ever going to like even come right. close to that. That's my favorite type of food, like French bistro kind of stuff. And we, but we hung out with uh, Brendan's sister, Amber, mm-hmm. who listens to the show. So Hi. I just wanted to give her a shout out and that was fun. Yeah. I like, I like seeing her obviously. And we all got scolded. Right. I want to talk about this guy who fucking scolded us. Okay, look. The first thing I said to Desi when I walked in that restaurant was, wow, it's really loud in here. It wasn't a judgment. It was just an observation. I don't care if it's loud in there. I'm a fucking adult. I can handle it. I said, wow, it's really loud in here. So we sit down, we're eating, and the three of us are talking about our cats because we're all cat ladies Mm -hmm. and we're showing pictures of our cats. We're not even like, and I guess we're loud, but everyone else is loud. So we're kind of- You have to be loud to hear each other because that's how loud it was. Exactly. And it's like, we weren't screaming about our pussies. We were talking about like our cats. Yeah. So this guy is sitting by himself because he's a fucking loser. I mean, I'm just, there's nothing wrong with eating by yourself, but this guy was a fucking loser. He's eating by himself because everyone hates him. Exactly. And you'll understand why when I tell you this story. He's sitting by himself eating his fucking noodles and he turns to us and he goes, he's very smiley and he says, you know, I feel like I'm a part of your conversation right now. And I think at that moment, oh, he's going to talk about how he's a crazy cat lady too. Yeah. No. He did this sudden psychopathic heel turn and he said, so can you guys please keep it down? Because I feel like I need to interject every once in a while. It was so fucking creepy. And it was like, we were not even by far the loudest people in the place. Yeah. He just didn't want to see three women enjoying themselves. He was a sociopath. There was something wrong with him. Desi, I could see Desi starting to shake with rage. (laughs) I was over it. I really was. She was already like grumpy because she had fallen. It took such a like... It was so subtle. Like, I feel like Rachel even said it in a way that was more obvious than what he did. Like, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was a little more subtle where it was like, oh, wait, what? Like, it took me a second to get It was 100%. creepy, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it's like, it did It did seem like he was kind of like, oh my God, I'm alone. Can I join your conversation? That's and how- then it sort of twisted uh, a bit that was a little more subtle where it was kind of like, oh, wait. That guy's an asshole. Like it was that he was scolding us while still smiling. But the, yeah. like the things he was saying were really mean to us. Yeah, I don't even remember what he said, but it was still smiling, so it was creepy. Yeah, it was definitely telling us to shut up. 
he he literally did the like hand motion to like be quiet. He's like, "Can you keep it down?" But he was smiling the whole time. It was really creepy, and we did not keep it down. By no, the way, no, fuck that guy. <laughs> he didn't say anything fuck else. Him. I was waiting for him to say something because by the time I put it together, it had passed. The moment had passed, and I was like, "Oh, if he says something again, he's gonna he's in for it." I mean, I'm su- I'm not surprised at all that guy was eating alone because he has no friends. Yeah, it was bad. And I don't bad ever person. judge people for eating alone, but I did did judge him. I eat alone all the time. It's definitely not something I would judge, but I can see why this guy's eating alone. Right. For this sure. is a different yeah. case. Mm-hmm. The other thing I forgot to say, we got scolded on the first night. We did? I got scolded. Remember the guys, the guys from Europe? Oh, right. But I was at least mean to them. Right. <laughs> because that's right. That I was our first that. night. We had lots of energy. Right. We I were, got scolded because this these fucking dingbats men who left like some piece of art that they had on in this this restaurant's fucking dark okay yeah and i'm sliding into a booth and they left a piece of like a framed piece of art on the booth i, I mean, can't art see. is in quotation marks it's art, too. yeah right it, it looks like, like they bought it on a street the street like. they, right and it looked like a menu when i was sitting down i didn't even notice it until they like I like barely, my ass barely touched this piece of art that I didn't even fucking see because it's so dark in the restaurant as I'm sliding into the booth and they start laughing and like pointing at us, but in like a rude way. And he was like, uh, uh, you guys, uh, just sat on the art. Yeah. And I was like, what art? That menu over there? He's like, uh, this is a piece of art. And he like held it up to me and it looked like some shitty drawing. Yeah. But it was in a frame. It was also like he put it on a booth where he people sit. He put it sit. where people sit. Yeah. And it's dark in that restaurant. I didn't see it. Why didn't you grab it? You saw me coming over to come right. go sit there, you I fucking mean, just, idiot. There's no explaining it. It's idiots. So then yeah. um, so then he like tried to like, they kept trying to like engage with us in conversation after they scolded us. Right. And yeah. They're what what did you say to them about peeing? Oh, because he was asking us why all the booths in America have plastic on them. Like oh yeah, cover. and you were like because they knew you were coming to piss all over the seats. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. They laughed. <laughs> they but laughed. I was serious, <laughs> but I wanted them. I couldn't wait for them to leave. And then uh, when they did leave, our our lovely server came over to us, and Desi said, "We're glad those guys are gone." And the server confirmed that yes, those guys were assholes. Right? They were assholes yeah. to him, and they had tried to grope one of the uh, female servers. Mm-hmm. So. Our judgment assessment was right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. That was our exciting trip. I think a lot of people were following our food (laughs) journey on Instagram. I posted like a few selfies, but mostly it was all about the food. Yeah, me too. I posted a ton of food, but they're all gone because I mostly did stories. I honestly like don't care if you're like one of those people that doesn't like food pictures because I think that's weird if you don't like pictures of food. I do, except for egg scrambles from home. That's the only food thing I'm I'm gonna be like. No, you can never. Egg scrambles are never photogenic. No, and I don't care. And people always overcook their <laughs> eggs. I never want to see an egg scramble picture. Other than that, I want to see every food picture. Right. That's really the only one I Just don't want to see. edit them. Get some good lighting. No, Desi, it's not the editing that's wrong with pictures of scrambles. It's that everyone over... No, I'm talking about food pictures like oh, in general. Okay. Because even Martha Stewart has posted things. I'm like, that looks like human skin. Like, do you know what I mean? Like she needs to like, you can make a food picture look good. Don't just post the bad lighting, whatever slop like. Right. So yeah, make it look edible. It doesn't have to be perfect. Like, or some foods just aren't that photogenic. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. 
So, but I also never... If I never post a food picture where it looks disgusting, <laughs> like no. even if it's the best thing I've ever eaten, I'm just like, eh, it's not, it's not selling it right. Like, like a few years on Passover, I homemade matzo balls for matzo ball soup. Like I... And it was like my first time ever making matzo ball soup. Uh, so the matzo balls like looked fucking gross and lumpy and stupid because like I yeah. just did not do it right the first... Like I just like, you know, it was my first time. They're a rustic. They were really rustic. They were really rustic looking. And I just could not like get myself to upload the picture because they looked shitty. Yeah. And I didn't want You'll like, do it the second time. And I didn't want people like me and Desi dunking on me <laughs> in their DMs like, look at this gross food. Look at this fucking matzo ball. She fucked it up. <laughs> Speaking of that, it's Rosh Hashanah on, oh, yeah. on Sunday. So I will be eating a loaf of challah bread while okay. I'm lying down vertical in my bed. Yeah. Just very excited about Lashana that. Tova. <laughs> That is, here's to a sweet new year of lots of food. Yeah. More food. Okay. More food for me. Okay. I mean, that's it. Bye. Bye. I have a secret. I wore the wrong foundation for years. Then I discovered Il Maquillage, the boldest new brand in beauty. With 20,000 five-star reviews and 50 shades of flawless coverage, their Woke Up Like This foundation is a bestseller for a reason. It's tough buying foundation online, but their Power Match quiz matched me perfectly. And with Try Before You Buy, you can try your shade free for 14 days. Take the quiz at ilmakiage.com slash quiz. That's I-L-M-A-K-I-A-G-E dot com slash quiz.